Today is a special episode of Keeping It Real as we get to speak with an agent who has been practicing for 39 years. Does she have some wisdom to share? Oh boy, does she. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with 39-year real estate veteran Susan Santoro. But before we get to Susan, just a couple of quick reminders. Please, as always, support our sponsors. We love our sponsors. They help pay the bills for us and help us keep producing episodes. So check out their services and products and consider investing in them. And then second, please tell a friend about the show. Think of one other realtor that could use the wisdom that you're about to hear from Susan and share this episode with another agent. So send it over. Also leave us a review. I guess I asked for three things. Oh, well, uh, thank you for everyone. We love you. We love our, our audience, our listeners. We appreciate you. But let's get to the main event. My conversation with Susan Santoro. Today on the show, our guest is Susan Santoro from the Susan Santoro team with William Pitt Sotheby's International Realty in New Haven County in Connecticut. Now, let me tell you more about Susan. Now, since 1985, Susan Santoro has held a prominent position as one of the most distinguished agents within the greater New Haven shoreline region. As the foremost agent in sales at William Pitt Sotheby's International Realty's Guilford Brokerage, she has garnered a reputation as an unparalleled performer, securing the number one agent title and claiming the number three spot across the entire company. Operating as a cohesive unit, Susan leads the Susan Santoro team, which is a dedicated assembly of accomplished full-time realtors whose excellence earned them the Distinguished Top Real Estate Award from Inman based on sales amassing over $73 million in transactions just last year. Uh, now, year after year, her achievements are underscored by multiple awards, including the prestigious Connecticut Magazine Five-Star Real Estate Agent Award. Uh, she secured the highest ranking for overall satisfaction. That's a client award. Uh, distinction showcased in Connecticut Magazine. 
in addition to that, she's super into uh, philanthropy and giving back. She's actively engaged with the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, a testament to her unwavering dedication to fundraising, and also is involved with the Ronald McDonald House Trees of Hope. And um, we are just so honored to have Susan on the show. Before I bring, uh, before I uh, Susan comes on, I want everybody to follow her at Sus at Instagram. So go to Instagram, Susan Santoro underscore Realtor. Now we will have a link to that in the show notes as well as Susan's website. Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice introduction. No- Thank you. Thank you. Now, the last time I was, for anyone who isn't, I'm going to interrupt myself now twice uh, (laughs) as I'm getting through this. Um, Anyone who isn't familiar with New Haven, New Haven is just outside of New York. It's right on the, basically right on the shore. And it is known for a number of things. Uh, Most, probably most notably, people of New Haven will tell you, and they will tell you with a straight face that they invented pizza. Now, I don't know if that's technically true. true or not, and that is a debatable topic, and I am not here to uh, maybe the <laughs> final authority on whether it was in Naples, Italy, or New Haven, but New Haven people are very, very proud of their pizza, and I have eaten New Haven pizza, and I've eaten the very famous Pepe's uh, clam pizza, which sounds really gross for a lot of you listening, but it is delicious. Um, so Susan, I am a big pizza fan and I Great. love the fact that I'm talking to a New Haven person because I love your pizza. I look forward to treating you to it when you come, <laughs> but it's between Peppy's and Sally's. We have these pizza wars all the time and everybody has their favorite um, in Worcester Street. There are plenty of other places in New Haven also and the pizza's good everywhere. I, I went to ChatGBT for the official answer, and it, again, ChatGBT, it's not exactly the Oracle at Delphi, but it's right, it's a, it's right. close to accurate. And I said, where was pizza originated? And, they, and it said, while people of New Haven will tell you that it's right, originated right, there, right. we believe it actually is from, is from Naples, but it's still not totally clear. So um, we'll go with New there Haven. There you go. Because, and you because, can get New uh, Haven-style pizza in your hometown too. In yeah. So for any Chicago people, if you are familiar with Peace, which is always on the top uh, Chicago pizza Absolutely. places um, list, it's not Chicago style, um, which is the deep dish, you know, stuff. But right. it is it's thin crust, more of a taverny sort of style. Um, but but no, not tavern. Um, but thin and 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 big and just delicious. I am a huge fan um, of of New Haven style. So anyway, yes. we will talk about. Haven, I, so I can talk about pizza. Say hi to them. <laughs> uh, I will. Um, uh, but we want to talk about Susan and all of her amazing real estate accomplishments. Now, Susan, um, you've been in the industry nearly 40 years, which is so yes, amazing crazy. and impressive. And you are still crushing it um, all these years later. I would love to start at the very beginning of your journey. Like, how did you get into real estate and, and why? So it was kind of an accident. Um, my husband is a real estate developer and kind of ran out of land and needed a <laughs> place to build and was like, why don't you get your real estate license and go and look for some land for me to build on? So that's how it started. And then thought, oh, we're going to have a family. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. And then, you know, once you have a couple of good sales under your belt, you're either born with it or you're not. That adrenaline, that fire in your belly, you can't wait to make the next sale. And then it becomes addicting. And so by the time my daughter was born, Five years later, it was a major career, and um, and I still wake up every single day with that fire, and I can't wait to see what the next deal is going to be. 
That's amazing. And it is, it is fun. I would like to ask you, what is the, the what, what fuels that fire like inside of you? I never really asked this question, but I think it's a good one. Like, what do you, do you, are you aware of what it is inside of you that is just so eager to keep going forward? Is there certain goals you're looking to hit? Is it just a feeling of satisfaction? Is it about helping? You know, what is it? So it's a lot of the above, except that I, except for the goal part. I am not, believe it or not, most successful people always say, oh, I've got this, you know, board or this, you know, the goals of my year. I, I don't like goals. I just like to keep on going, keep on going. And, yeah. you know, not many people have asked me, you know, kind of like, what is your why? Yeah. Um, but the truth is, is I dropped out of college after my first year. I was never meant to go to college. My mom was not happy and told me that, you know, if you want to be successful in life, you have to have that opportunity and go to college and get a degree. So, and my dad, who ran a major corporation, was CEO of a major corporation, also didn't finish college. So wow. I think it was one of those things like, ah, I'm going to show her. Um, and now we just, you know, we laugh about it. Every time I get an award, I send it to my mom and I say, you know, let me know when I'm going to become something. So, um, that was kind of my why, um, it makes my dad super happy, still checks in on me weekly, wants to know my sales, um, and you know, gets a big smile on his face. So I think, I think he remains my why he wrote a wonderful book, um, called pilot your life. It sits on my desk and it's my motivational Bible. Aww. It's a great motivation book for people in business and um he's definitely my why well let's yeah let's give a plug for that book say, say the title <laughs> one more time and your pilot father's your name. life pilot your life my dad is ronald shaw he was the ceo of the pilot pen corporation oh well <laughs> we certainly know who they are so. and in fact I have, uh, they have offices here in Chicago and I have, uh, I have friends that work at pilot. Oddly enough, I have one friend <laughs> that works at pilot or did, I, okay. I don't know if she's still there, but, um, oh, that is wild. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. That is a big company. <laughs> wow. And isn't yeah, it amazing? So. Not, not an MBA, not a college grad. And he was nope. a CEO. Incredible. Yeah. Just and incredible. a lot of the book kind of talks about that, you know, and it's just that, that confidence level. Um, you know, I raised my daughter saying, you know, make a decision, believe in it, own it, it's yours, and then just follow it. And that's just sort of a simple way of life, whether you're making a decision on going to a party or not, or whether you're making a decision on a business transaction. I think it's all the same. Once you own that, you believe in it, you just keep going. And that's how I feel about my business. And I tell my team and other agents who ask me all the time, how do you still do these hours, you know, it's 60, 70 hours sometimes a week. How do you still do this after all these years? And see, you wake up unemployed every single day in our business and you have to go out and look your best. You know, if you wear makeup, put on your makeup, put on, you know, get dressed, just go out and present yourself the best way possible and you will be a success. You'll be confident and it'll show. And with that comes success. You wake up unemployed every day. You know, that is so true. And it is, you know, I, I know there there would be people to say, well, that's a negative way to look at it. But you know what? I have found that having that thought of, you know, something that's pushing against me versus something I'm running towards, like the idea that I'm unemployed, oh my God, I got to pay my mm -hmm. bills. Um, right. That is 
I think a more powerful motivator than like, for example, if I was, if I was being chased by somebody with a knife, I think I'd run faster (laughs) than if I was running towards a million dollars. I bet I would Mm -hmm. run faster with a guy chasing me with a knife. So even though I would like not to be motivated by, by pain, Mm -hmm. the reality of it is it's true. We are as agents, we are unemployed every single morning when we wake up. And it's an opportunity to not only find business, but to keep the business that we do right. have and and really treasure it because it can go away at a moment's notice. Absolutely. Um, that is a and really if, great you know, lesson. People come up to you at parties. People come up to you at the grocery store. Everybody wants to know how the market is. Tell me about real estate or asking you about a particular property. And so that's where, again, you're selling yourself constantly. So. How in, how important is it for you to have that information about the local market on hand, ready to talk, and, and maybe you know to varying degrees of detail, I'm sure. But how important is it when you're at the grocery store and someone's like, "Hey, Susan, you've been doing this forever. Um, what's the market like? Uh, how how do you typically address a question like that?" So I, it's very important, and I am a statistics person, so I do look at the numbers every day, whether it's against, you know, me, my, I don't want to call them competitors, but just associates, other associates. Um, but I always kind of know what's going on. I look at percentages in, you know, like I just wrote an offer, for instance, in Fairfield County, and I usually base just out of New Haven County, but because Yale New Haven Hospital has bought up a hospital down in Fairfield County, we now have a lot of our doctors that are going that way as well. So, I was just down there, and their business is done very differently than ours. But before I went down, I went and I looked at kind of where the numbers are. And I'm seeing that things are going approximately 13% over asking. So it was such an important tool for me to be able to share with my clients. We we crafted a great offer the first time. They didn't want to go that high over, and, um, and they didn't get the first house. And the second one... They listened to me. We crafted a perfect offer. The sellers could not say no to, and it went approximately 12.5% over asking, but our, our offer got signed. You know, So I think knowing the numbers is very important, knowing your market. Um, and then, of course, you know, um, you can always, you know, tell someone, you know what, I'm going to get back to you later. I'm going to look this up for you. And great reason to make a phone call back to that person. Absolutely. Now you've captured them. It's like being stuck in an elevator. And you uh, know, call. I love what one of, I just want to go back to one thing that you said that for me was, was pretty, re- it, it's something that I can't remember another one of our guests saying in all the episodes we've done. So I just want to step on it a little bit because I think it's really, really a great idea. So what Susan said, and she said it very quickly, and I just want to make sure that everyone heard it. She said, you know, when she was about to produce an offer, she looked at, you know, obviously comparable places. She looked at list price and then sales price and just did the quick math on what you know, that percentage over was that way she can bring that data back to her client and say, here's why we should consider this type of offer based on, you know, other, other comps. I don't know that a lot of agents do that. And that is a, you know, a lot of agents are like, okay, Mr. Or Mrs. Buyer, um, how much do you want to spend? Okay, maybe we can go a little bit over. And it's more of just like finessing, like the feeling of, of the of the buyer, but not actually bringing the hard data saying mm-hmm. well, we should offer X based on. I, I think that is a, a really great idea for anyone who's working with offers. Do your homework. You know, before you go to do an open house, and I tell the agents on my team this, I always remind them, 
pull up a circle on MLS as to everything around the area that you're doing the open house at. Know your statistics. Know what else is out there. That house might not be right for them. You can easily get in the car after your open house and take them to look at your the other listings around the area. So just do yeah. your homework. And you probably also in in the county that that you serve, and I know you work, you know, uh, a, a lot of places in, in Connecticut. Um, but I imagine you know what neighborhoods people like are starter neighborhoods. You know where mm-hmm. they they graduate to when you know right. you know where the the best schools are. All of this is is we're talking really about knowing the community, knowing the inventory, knowing kind of what's happening. Um, how much time do you think you spend every day sort of checking in on those stats? I do it every night. So I luckily I was born with not needing a lot of sleep, which works great um, in my personal practice. Um, I, when the world gets quiet, you know, 11 to 2 a.m., I'm on the computer, I'm just checking numbers, I'm checking towns, seeing what's new, seeing, you know, sales. That's when I work the best. So I would say I do it every single night. Um, But in the beginning of my career, I did two open houses every single Sunday did that for years. That's how I built my, uh, you know, my list of clientele. And, um, and I always, always went on back then, you know, we had a, a book that we used to flip through oh, and sure. see, see what the listings were around the area and know, and know the sales. So I was able to just hopefully answer a question that may have come up at an open house. So I think it's a good practice. If, if you get out of the practice, that's not good. Yeah, get back in. It's it's it's, yeah, doing open houses. It's it's it just is the thing to do, and it's Mm -hmm. always the thing to do. And technology has not really changed it too much to where open houses seem to be still very effective. Um, Mm -hmm. Have it probably drives you crazy when you see newer agents not wanting to sit open houses on the weekends. Mm -hmm. I I think if I was a new agent, that I would beg other agents to let me come to their open house. I would beg them. Right. I tell them all the time here, I'm giving it to you. I mean, (sighs) people are the people that are walking in the door. (sighs) Some are just doing this as a hobby, right? They just want to go and see a nice house, but most of them are coming because they have an interest in buying a piece of real estate. It might not be that piece of real estate, but you now have their information. You hopefully have a conversation and get up a, you know, repertoire with them. And they'll call you when they're ready to buy real estate, or you can be in touch with them. And I think the technology today, if you get their email, you know, you just drip on them and drip on them. Eventually, when they're ready to buy real estate, oh, what was that realtor's name I met? And it's going to be yeah. right on the top of their, you know, their head. So I think it's really important to put yourself out there. And whether it's Under- at the that open house, gym, the grocery store. Um, you know, my family makes fun of me, but I never, I'll never walk out the door not in a matching outfit or having my hair look good or whatever, because you're always selling yourself. Mm-hmm. So, and branding, 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 you know, put your name, put your name everywhere that you're, you know, that that's allowed. So, yeah. 
totally, totally agree. I think those are all amazing ideas. Um, and, uh, it's things I, I agree with, uh, personally as well. Um, so sort of the irony of you, um, not being, you know, a college grad, but being ultra successful in real mm-hmm. estate is you actually work a lot with Yale, which is in New Haven as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you work with a lot of the, the doctors at Yale, you work, I think with faculty as well. So mm-hmm. let's, you know, this is something that I don't think we've ever talked to anyone about is, you know, being sort of a, a friend to the university where you get, you know, sort of known amongst, uh, you know, the, the management there that you're a person that can help when professors come in and, and leave or when uh, physicians come and leave at, at the hospital. So can you talk a little bit about how do you build, how did you build those relationships and, yeah. and how, um, and how does that, how is that, did that work for you? So, you know, it's, it's become a niche. Um, you know, I think I've mentioned to you that one of one of my clients years ago named me realtor to the docs and that becomes my, my hashtag realtor to the docs. And it's not only, it's not the only people that I work with clearly, but it was it was kind of an accident. Um, it was probably about 25 years ago, sold a house to a chief of a department that was coming in and it was going to be a struggle. They were wooing him from Harvard. So it took a while. Negotiations take a while. It was probably a good year um, that every time they'd come to town, I'd show them houses, show them around, get to know the area, took them for pizza. Um, And we obviously finally got into contract. And he said to me, like, I promise you, I'm going to be building a very big department here. And that department, I have moved my, it's, I've moved my 49th doctor into that department from him in 25 years. Wow. Now, obviously, those those sales turn into, they multiply because then one of those doctors has someone coming from UCLA that they just came from, let's say, and from another department. And then they give my name to that department. And then that starts spreading around to departments. So right now, I have three departments um, that I really fed a lot of business from, from the chiefs directly. Now that's, it's a lot of work. It's not just, oh, here's a doctor and they, you go out and you show them a house. It's, I get them sometimes on their second interview here and they still have maybe four interviews to go, but they want to see if they can afford to live in Connecticut. So I'll take them in the car. I'll spend a day and, you know, it's kind of a, you know, I'm driving them around and educating them on the areas and drive them by house and say, you know, here's approximately what this one would go for. So I really give them a full education out of maybe 10 doctors that I'll take in my car that they've given me, maybe one or two, if I'm lucky, will take the position. Wow. So it's it's a lot of time. Yeah. It's a lot of time, but it pays off because like I said, they, what I find is that, you know, I'm educating these very brilliant people on such a different level, right? I'm not, I'm certainly not saving lives, but I'm changing lives and they don't have a lot of time. So they come to me kind of, I'm a very good listener because I have to be, they tell me what they're looking for. And then if there's something obviously not on the market now, but when they're ready, I'll use my resources. I, I don't love cold calling, but I'll do it. A lot of times I'll call my list of clients that I've amassed over 39 years and say, you know, do you know anybody who's looking to sell in your neighborhood? I have this great couple coming to Yale. They'd be perfect. Um, I do a lot of letter writing, personal letter writing, and just um, sometimes get an open listing 
just say, you know, just let me just show it to this one client. And a lot of people don't want their house on the market and they're thrilled to do it. And it just becomes a smooth transaction. And, um, but I think it's, I think it's um, an interesting, you know, kind of niche. I kind of call it where healthcare, you know, meets and real estate merge, right? It's that. Yeah. Um, and I just, like I said, it's, you know, I think it's teaching them. They're so brilliant, but they don't know anything about real estate. Sure. They don't know what a septic tank is. Um, their eyes light up when they realize, like, what actually goes into a septic tank. Um, <laughs> you know, they don't understand financing. They know what they make. They know they can afford what they can afford, but they don't understand, you know, 15-year versus a 30-year, you know, a fixed rate um, versus an arm. So I love teaching them. And, um, and then, you know, like I said, we kind of uh, change their lives quickly and I have to do it efficiently and move on. So, um, Let, I, I want to go back. Uh, I want to go back to the open house uh, or sorry, the, the open listing idea. Um, Cause Ooh. this was something that, that stuck out as, as you were mentioning. So walk us through that. Cause I don't know that everyone sure. listening is going to understand what that means. So, you know, they're in other areas, not here. Um, you know, they kind of pocket listings right there. Yeah. Sort of the same thing. Um, except that, you know, I will literally call someone in a neighborhood that I think it's perfect, that the house is perfect for and ask them, you know, would you be interested in selling? Here's what I think I could get you. And um, you don't have to put your house on the market. You don't have to clean it. You don't have to, you know, pick your socks up off the floor. Here's when they're going to be here. Let me bring them in. And, um, and it's simple. And with COVID, th that, was, that was a gift to a lot of people. Absolutely. Who especially, you know, some of my doctors who obviously, you know, couldn't get sick. And um, we just bring them into one house. If it was perfect, great. We make the deal. They're not as picky as someone that may have, you know, a no timeline. You know, they just, they want... They figure out what school system they want. Um, I always send them to like greatschools.org. I let them do their own homework. Um, never steer anybody towards a school system because it's different for everybody. You know, somebody might be looking for a kid that's really strong in theater or really strong in math. So, you know, I steer them to greatschools.org and then let them make their decision and then kind of pick out three towns and run. That's a great tip. Um, the uh, that that website for the, it, pushing that whole conversation off. Uh, you know, for ethics, obviously, we we can't really steer somebody towards a particular school, but you can steer right. them towards the website uh, and say, "Do your own research." Exactly. I have found in I, I just uh, LinkedIn just told me I've been doing this for six years, which I, I didn't realize, <laughs> um, and I, I feel actually a little bit like, "God, has it been six years?" Maybe maybe I need to hang it up. Uh, but no, I'm having too much fun doing it. But um, the reason I'm bringing that up is, um, oh gosh, I, now I just lost. My, my train of thought. Oh no, it, it was <laughs> it was about um, what I was reflecting on over the last six years. Sorry. Um, so over the last six years, I, I was thinking a lot about uh, when I saw that I've been doing this six years. I was like, okay, what are some of the common elements of some of these top producers? And you just said something that I think is incredibly important. And I think for someone like you, is kind of just like that's what you do. But I think a lot of realtors don't do this. 
what Susan basically just said was that she goes and finds her own inventory for her buying clients, right? She's not just scouring the MLS, which of course she is doing that too. She's like, you know, I'm going to just lob a call over to so-and-so down the street because that's the perfect house for my client. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to see if they would be willing to sell. I find that that is something that top realtors often will do. And other agents just doesn't even occur to them. They just look at the MLS. That's what's there. If it's not on there, sorry, can't help you. I love that. So you are literally- I think it also depends on the age. You know, of the, the Gen Zs that don't like to make phone calls. Um, I've been hung up on a lot in my career, right? A lot of doors get shut in your face. Keep going, right? Just keep going. The next door is open and, um, and just don't, don't let it stop you. Yeah, I, I think it's it's so important because people either you can wait for them to get ready to sell their home or right. you can proactively go to them and say, here's what I think I can get you if mm-hmm. you're interested. And I know that everyone's got a price. Everyone's got a price right. for their home that they would be willing to move even if it's their forever home. So, mm-hmm. you know, if if I you know, I I might think I'm in my forever place now, but if you came to me with uh, a 100% return offer like that I yeah. would made 100% on, uh that's not my forever home anymore. I'm going to find something else. So, that is a such great, a smart a great opening line for that is fill in the blank. If I could get you X, I yes. you would sell your house, right? And fill in the blank. And see what they say. I love that question. You might be thinking that they're thinking here when they're really just thinking here. Yeah. So, um, you know, on a a good example of that is I had somebody call me once for a donation. And they asked me if I would – and I – it was an organization who was important to me, but I had given to them before. And I was planning on giving more that year, that particular year. And they called me and said – just wondering if you would match your donation from last year. Dumb. So I matched my donation. They right. could have gotten double from me if their approach was different. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, that is right? really absolutely. It's all in the presentation. All in the presentation. Thank you for, that is such a great, great tip. I I love that. Let's, let's talk about presentation. When you go into um, a a listing presentation, let's say, mm-hmm. for example. And let's say it's not a uh, instant slam dunk. It's not a, a past client. It's it's you're, you're in competition maybe with another agent. How do you approach listing presentations? And because obviously you win a lot of them. So tell us about what you do in a listing presentation that you think maybe is a little different. So interesting that you say that because the thing that you said that really stands out is what people think, right? Oh, this is slam dunk. What I tell anybody who will listen to me, nothing is a slam dunk. If you're going on a listing presentation of your brother's house, be prepared. Everybody is a client. Everybody deserves to get the best to make, you know, hopefully make a profit. But everyone deserves to be treated exactly the same. And I'll go back to that in a second, just saying that, you know, I, I think of common thread when I read some of my, you know, hundreds and hundreds of Google reviews is when people come back and they say, you know, she treated us like we were her only client. And I think that's really important is that you give, whether they're spending a hundred thousand 
or 100 million, it doesn't matter. Treat everybody the same because their house is their castle. And so I try to do, I like to do a two-step program. Um, not everyone will tell you it's the best way to do it, uh, but I like to go out the first time. If I don't know the people, I don't know the house, give me a tour and I take notes. Tell me what you've done. Tell me what you love about living here. And then I'll come back, you know, tell them I have to do my homework because I don't care how good you are. You can't go out and tell someone a price of a house without right. seeing it. It's impossible. So to walk And by the here, way, I, I want to pause you for a second because, it, and I want you to keep going with this, but this is what a consultant does. A consultant goes into a company and says, tell me about the company. And then they go, I'm going to come back and give you my findings. So this is what we're talking about with the two-step process. You're doing it very much like a consultant would. Right. Do your home, you know, go back, do your homework and then come back and show them. And that's, you know, sometimes I'll talk about a little bit of my marketing on that first interview, you know, kind of what I do, you know, very quick. They're always like, well, you know, what's your commission? You know, well, we're going to go over everything when I come back because there's so much more to tell you about what I'm going to do for you. And it's always about what you're going to do for them, you know, and not for yourself. Um, and so I, I don't go in prepared to, you know, sign right here on the dotted line. I may lose some. I have um, gone out on a few in my career and where I'm called back, you know, the next day and they say, oh, we signed with someone. It happens. To me, they, that person was maybe just buying the listing. They told them a really high number that, sure. you know, that they wanted to hear and get them to sign on the data line. I, I like to be realistic and um, otherwise they're going to call me every single day. Why hasn't my house sold? So I like to do my homework and give them real facts and I'll never take more than 48 hours before I go back, but, um, but I like to be prepared. You know, it's so funny because I've been talking to top producers, I guess, for six years now, and they, uh, pretty much everyone, you know, has a, a similar sort of answer, uh, like like you were saying, uh, you know, uh, well, not the two-step approach always, but but doing your homework, going in with, you know, information, having a presentation, and really having it very well-practiced. Um, mm -hmm. I, I suspect that is missing from a lot of realtor training. I, I think a lot of agents don't get that sort of training of listing presentation, buyer presentation. You know, how do you, uh, you know, how are you extracting information? How are you collecting that information? And then how are you using that information to, you know, hopefully get the deal? Um, it is, it is something that is a real art and a science, I believe, and um, something that that you're obviously part of. So you're, when you first go out there, you're on like a, more of a fact-finding mission. You're like, mm -hmm. tell me about the home. Right. Tell me about all the things that that you want or that you've done to the home. And you collect all this information and then you go back, you process it, you put it through some, some different metrics. And then you're mm -hmm. like, okay, here's what, just like a consultant, here's my report. Here's what we're going to do. And I come back with a nice bound book, and in it is not just statistics about you know William Pitt Sotheby's, but you know, and about me and what I've done. But the marketing, I bring them you know actual you know photos and show them the difference of here's a cell phone photo versus my professional photographer. Um, I have I, I'm not a good photographer, so just because of that, I've used a professional photographer for 20 years. So um, that's important. I think that people need to see it, touch it, feel it. And I bring them this book, show them, here's what I'm going to do for you. 
um, show them the advertising. I show them, you know, where their house is going to appear, how it's going to appear, and then give them real facts. Here's the house that sold, you know, within your neighborhood. Oh, well, then why isn't my house worth that much? Well, because they have a brand new kitchen. And, you know, yours is from the 1970s. I mean, I don't say that, but, um, you know, I try to give them the reasons as to why I think their house is worth what I think it's worth. And then we talk about just the kind of the art of pricing, right? Not just that 99 cent pricing, you know, the ending with the 99s. Sure. But I have always sort of said, you know, it's really important to let the buyer perceive a value. You, to me, you cast a wider net. The wider your net, the more people that come in. The more people that come in, the more offers you're going to get. The more offers you're going to get, the higher your price is going to be. So I think just coming on, you know, right, here's your market value. Let's come on under your market value. Let's cast that wider net. And, you know, you, you're kind of like walking to a department store, right, that, that lost leader at the end of the aisle. It got you to cut into the store, and then you're going to spend more. That's what we want. We want more people to walk in. We need the traffic to get your price up. So and I think it's just important to tell them all aspects about marketing. I think so too. And there is this psychological principle uh, called escalation of commitment. So what Susan's basically saying is, hey, maybe it's smarter to price it slightly under uh, under market value so that we have more people competing. And the reason why that's... Uh, significant for human beings is we are wired to, uh, as we agree to something, as we want to continue to agree to something. So that's what's called escalation of commitment. You guys can Google it, but it's basically a psychological mm -hmm. principle. It says the, the more... As you sit, continue to say yes to something, uh, you you become more and more committed. It's harder actually to pull out. So, in other words, if you're going back and forth with somebody uh, on pricing, um, you know, there's multiple offers, there's bids. Uh, it's actually uh, more likely that those two people will continue to battle it out versus one person saying I'm leaving. So, it's actually a really smart play because it plays into our human nature of wanting something and wanting to compete. And, and win and achieve, um, which is uh, is built into us. So that's a really smart idea is get a lot of people interested in the property uh, and then you can you know have them all battle it out. Right, exactly. And I think also back to that kind of two-step, I think that the other idea behind it is it gives you time, if you don't know the people, gives you time to maybe maybe make a connection, right? Now you, you can go down a rabbit hole, certainly on social media, and figure out who they might know or you know, find out, oh, they used to work for this company. Um, you know, oh, did you did you work with so-and-so? And, you know, you, it's about, oh gosh, 35 years ago, I think, um, I had a marketing company look at all these notes I had received in the five years I had been in business. I, beautiful thank you notes from my clients. And they came up with a tagline, and it's real trust, real care in real estate. And that's what they came up with after looking at all of that. I care about people. I really, I really truly care about them. I have a baby shower of an old client I'm going to in a couple of weeks. I've been invited to weddings and bar mitzvahs and barbecues. And that's a testament to me just fostering my relationships with people. But I, I like my physicians, maybe I'm just a, you know, I should have been a doctor in my other life if I ever wanted to go to college. Um, I, I love medicine. I'm fascinated by it. And making them my friends has not only, you know, it's been great because I get to learn 
but obviously it's helped in my career because they just continue to refer me and refer me. And um, it's all, this business, if you want to stay in it long term, it's just all about relationships. And um, I have a team that I started about 10 years ago, only two people on it. I don't want more. Um, a very different team. I kind of, you know, I say it's you know, like one plus one plus one equals three. Um, you know, putting our ideas and thoughts together and also putting our volume together just makes us greater. You know, it's small team, um, but number one small team in Connecticut means a lot more than just an individual person. And Absolutely. unique people, you know, um, everyone's different. Again, fostering relationships. One of the girls has been with me about 10 years. She's a marathon runner. Great connections, right? She's out there selling herself all of the time. Um, obviously, we've made up a T-shirt. So it says the Susan Santoro team. But then in the back, in big letters down her back, says realtor. Let someone come up and ask her a question while she's out running or at the end of a marathon. Tap into that, right? One of the other girls has been with me about four years. She's a mom of three kids. Uh, that is your perfect audience. Get involved with their sports, get involved with their, you know, PTA. So, you know, I love to be able to problem solve with them, love to be able to teach them how to tap into their resources and um, go through your index cards and call people. Um, Q4, I said I'm not a goal setter in the beginning. Q4 is my very favorite quarter because I like to look and see how much I could actually accomplish in Q4. So I go through my address book and I reach out to as many clients as I possibly can in a week. That's Whether amazing. A, you know, th yeah. that is a great idea because most people step off the gas in Q4. You know, we have the holidays, we have family right, stuff. Right, we, we... it's the best. But you you step on the gas. Yeah, absolutely. It's my, it's my very favorite time. And, uh, and I like to see, like, what can I accomplish between now and then? So, and again, I don't set myself a number goal, but, um, you know, I'll, it, sometimes it's just as simple as an email. You know, hey, drove by your house today, love the new color of your front door. Or, you know, pick up a phone, you know, was thinking about you. You know, or look on, look on Facebook, right? See how old their kids are now. Have a reason to call them. Fostering relationships is key if you want to stay long-term in this business, it's definitely the key to my success. And thank God for social media in the sense that we now do get information about our uh, clients if we're following them and we get to enjoy their lives as they post about it. And it, like Susan, like you just said, um, I get to call, Hey, I just saw you on a trip to um, Cancun. Hope it was right. great. It's, right. it's the perfect reason to pick up the phone and not have to do a sales pitch on, oh, by the way, you know, I, right. you know, it, because that can always come up naturally as well. But I want to, I want to go back to something you said that I think is really critical. And I think it comes through is care and trust. Mm -hmm. um, what you're really doing, because I believe that care and trust are earned, not automatically given. And um, you have a, a, a huge, an amazing history of constantly demonstrating care and trust. And therefore that when, you know, it, it's funny that your niche, one of your niches is, is, is doctors, because I think, I think the same way when I choose a doctor for myself, a physician, I, the only thing I really, really, that's most important to me is do, do I think this physician 
cares about me even just mm-hmm. a little bit. If they care about me, I'm good. If I feel that they don't care about me, then mm-hmm. I'm 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 going to look for another doctor. So I I use that same principle when I'm when I'm going to to see a doctor. I want I want to, I want them to actually care about me. People want the same thing, obviously, uh, in a realtor in any in any uh, service position. Mm-hmm. So, I think that is is such an important thing is demonstrating care and trust um, is really should be a if if people are going to set goals, I think that's a heck of a good goal to set. Is I want every one of my clients to go, uh, you know, Susan cares about me or DJ cares about me or whatever. That that is worth its weight in gold. Absolutely. Now, what are what do you do to stay in touch with clients in between transactions? Because of course, people you know buy their home and maybe they don't move forever or for ten years. Or what are we doing to stay in touch and make sure they don't forget about you? Anniversary cards, happy anniversary, right? Some people are like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe we've been in this house seven years." Because you forget, right? You forget how yeah. long you've been in it. So I'll always write in the card how long. Sometimes I'll, you know, write little personal notes. Um, Thanksgiving. I don't do Christmas. I don't do Hanukkah. I don't. Sometimes I'll do New Year's. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving cards. It's a great time to say thank you. You're just, it's exactly what you're saying. Thank you for your referrals. Even if they've never given you one, they may have thought that they've mentioned your name. It may not have panned out, but you're thanking them. Um, I do send a gift. I, I can't talk about, you know, what it is because you're not supposed to, but I do send a gift to every client who does give me a referral um, after closing. And, um, and they're so appreciative of it and very surprised when they get it. And, and then they like the idea of getting this gift. And so then they try to give you more. So um, one of my departments at Yale, there's two girls who are in competition to see who, and they keep calling me, who's given you more referrals this year? So it's actually become like this very funny game. Um, but I then, I, like I said, I do that Q4. Um, I do spend a lot of time. I have an, an I have old fashioned, right? I have an index box with all of my clients' names on an individual card. Mm-hmm. And they're in each month of when they bought. It makes it easy. I obviously have it on computer also, but... Sure. I, I'm visual. So sure. I go through that card box and I'll start calling, you know, just checking in, sending a note. Um, like I said, send an email. There's so many things that you can do. Um, you do get hit up. I'm not going to tell you don't for donations, you know, kids, um, ad books or, you know, will you buy a pie or buy a candy? Sure. I do. I always buy anyone that comes to me and says they want, you know, trying to sell food. I buy it and bring it down to the Ronald McDonald house because it's a very, unfortunately, a full house all the time. So I'll always drop stuff there. But so, yeah, you do get hit up. You do have to go out for drinks or dinner or lunch once in a while. I don't mind it. Again, I love to learn things from people. So it just goes back to that being a good listener. And um, you just if you're just quiet for a minute and just listen to somebody else, you're going to gain something that's going to be momentous for you. It's just going to change things for you. They might not realize that they're telling you about their neighbor who is going into a retirement home. They just might mention that, not thinking about business. I heard that. 
I go back to my office, I look up that neighbor's name, and I write that neighbor a letter. And I keep in touch and I keep sending letters until that neighbor calls me for a listing appointment. So good, good listening. Just be a good listener. Be a good listener and be inquisitive. Like ask lots of questions mm-hmm. about someone else's life, right? Like right. know what is going on because home and life is connected, right? We're, we're they're intricate, they're obviously interchangeable. Uh, you know, your life and your home is is really one thing. And so being in touch with what's going on in your clients' lives um, and listening, as, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. allows you to just learn uh, about what other opportunities may exist that they might not have even thought uh, as an opportunity for you. They're just sharing, you know, parts of their life. Right. And I think, you know, the other thing is don't make it about yourself. Um, very simply, I mean, I'm just coming to mind quickly. You sent me an email two days ago and I had a nutty day and actually was traveling back from Chicago visiting my family and, um, and then had a crazy day, just hit the ground running. So instead of writing you an email saying, you know, I'm sorry, right? I'm sorry is about me. And you probably don't realize this, but I wrote you and just said, thanks for your patience. Now I've made it about you. Yes. So it's very important to realize none of this is about me, me, me. You know, uh, there's lots of agents out there who are going to post every day, you know, I'm the best, I'm the greatest. And there, there's enough business to go around that some people want to deal with people like that. That's fine. But I try to, I want to make it about you, make it about the client. What can I do for you? Not what it's going to do for me and make me number one. That will come. Just make it about, make it about your client. Yeah. Demonstrate care and trust. Uh, it just, it all, it all goes back to that. This, this accountability thing too is, is acknowledging, thank you for your patience. You know, if, if you, you know, were delayed on a, on a response or an email, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for your patience. Here's the answer that you're looking for. Um, absolutely brilliant versus saying, I'm sorry, DJ, sorry, DJ. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not about DJ. It's about right. telling the client, hey, the your time. I kept waiting. Right. Yeah, I kept you waiting. I, uh, it, yes, I am sorry about that, but I, I acknowledge what you have. Uh, that's a really smart, smart idea. Real um, care, real trust in real estate. It's my tagline. Yes. Actually, I should, if I, you know, I want it someday, maybe I'll get it tattooed someday, but, um, but it is, it's a motto that I live by. How important is it to have a niche to re- whether it's, you know, you're, you're, you know, you work with doctors, you work with, with mm-hmm. faculty at, at Yale, obviously you have, you know, other clients as well, but how important is it to have a specialty? Like, just like doctors have specialties. I think nowadays, um, I guess if I was to get into the business again, you know, if I was new, I would try to focus more on that. I think there's a lot of people who have made that really their success, you know, whether yeah. it's, you know, the, the, you know, waterfront specialist or the, this specialist, I, I think, you know, I can't really call being a realtor to the docs, my, my niche, but I guess it just, what I sell, you know, myself in is just the time that I can dedicate to them. Like sometimes they don't even realize what time it is, especially the ones in training. You know, they're doing the residency here. 
they're in surgery, they get out two in the morning and they're sitting down and they might be looking online to see all of the stuff that I, you know, sent to them to look at today, all the new listings. And they don't even think twice. They'll start texting me. Yeah. And sometimes I'll surprise them and answer them at two thirty or three in the morning. Um, you know, other times I won't and, you know, try to say, okay, I get a little respect of time, but, um, but I think that that's, you know, really important. I pay attention to them. And so I think that that's sort of the niche thing, again, came about kind of by accident like that. But that's when people come to me and they'll say, oh, Dr. So-and-so recommended you. I'm going to be, you know, I'm coming in in the neurology department. Um, great. You know, and they said, yeah, I was told that you never sleep. So it's like it's become a joke, but they love that, that I can yeah. dedicate so much time to them a lot of times people are they're texting or calling me even on whatsapp because they're coming from another country and i'm able to you know talk to them at crazy hours so i i think depending on what your your niche is um you can really hone in on it i just interviewed with um, another department at yale i'm not going to mention them by name and um the chief sent me a nice note the other day and said, you know, we'd like to take you on as, as our realtor, if you don't mind, we're interviewing, if you don't mind, (laughs) we're interviewing a few people next week, you know, that we're going to have you take out. Terrific. So, you know, it's another department. So uh, again, it's, no one's paying me to do this. So you don't get paid until you're sitting at a closing. And I think that goes back to that drive of waking up unemployed every day. You know, we don't make a dime till you're sitting at a closing and don't forget that the deal doesn't end when you write the contract and it gets accepted. There's so much more to it. You, you want to be able to give somebody, my kid fell out of a tree today. Oh, you know, we're new in the area. We don't know anybody. You know, do you have a pediatric, a pediatric ortho you can give us? So sure. You know, that's what you want. You want that. You want to be that person that they come to for the name of a restaurant anything. So I think that that's really important that just don't let the deal end after you write the contract. Yeah. It's, it's so you, boy, you said, you said a lot, uh, just there and a lot of really, really great stuff. Um, I, I uh, could not agree with you more. I, I think it's super imperative that people think about, you know, the kind of, uh, relationships they want to have with, their clients and to think, well, what do I have to do to earn that relationship? What do I have to do to earn somebody saying something like, oh, this person cares about me. My, my realtor likes, uh, actually is, is invested, you know, in my happiness. Um, like if they can say that they're going to sing your names to the, you know, they're going to sing it from the mountaintops, um, to everyone else. The other thing too is, you know, I'm thinking about niches and you were talking about working uh, with physicians is you probably just by being around them, you've studied kind of what physicians are like, what their needs are. Um, you know, obviously every, everybody's different, but they have commonality. I'm sure there's certain totally. needs uh, and, and you have just been a student of, of, you know, whatever departments you've worked in to where I suspect you're almost thinking, you almost think of yourself almost as an employee, even of some of these, uh, you know, other departments. And some of the doctors that do come in think I am, um, you know, and they think I'm working for the hospital or the university. And, um, you know, sometimes I have to 
if I if it comes up, you know, I'll explain that I'm not, and you know, here's how I got, here's how you got to me. Um, but you know, it's uh, again, it's just relationship building and caring, caring, caring. So um, I'm today, in fact, I'm just as I'm talking to you, I just got a an alert uh, just popped up on my computer. A client who I sold a house to three years ago in the military and um, was given my name from another realtor who follows me online, sold them a house, you know, not, not too far from here. They've been doing a lot of work to the house. They'd reached out to me. Do you have a plumber? Do you have an electrician? So they sent me a note last week and said, you know, we'd love to have you over um, to show you what we've done to the house. And most realtors would be like, if they're not selling, you know, I'm not <laughs> going to go over. And it is going to take up an hour and a half of my time today. Um, and they, my alarm just went off, just reminding me that that's where I'm going today at four o'clock. So, you know, it, yes, it's, it's 45 minutes there. It's 45 minutes back. Uh, I'll probably sit there and, you know, visit with them for an hour and a half. Okay, but three hours of time, if their neighbor decides to sell their house, who's going to be on the top of their head? Yes. So uh, you've got to just take the time to do stuff like that. And um, I'm excited to see what they've done to the house. And I really, truly do care. But that's, that's, that's the whole point is that you are happy to, and it's not always easy to drive 45 yeah. minutes each way. It's not easy, but you're excited to do it. And it's what ultimately demonstrates care and right. compassion. And I, I'm in this, I'm a professional and mm -hmm. I want to see this all the way through. Um, right. Susan, this has been such a, such a fun episode. You have given oh, our you. audience an incredible amount of strategies and techniques and tips. And you know, from your 39 years in the business um, is just incredible. Your motor is still revved <laughs> up and ready to Absolutely. go every morning. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna adopt the I, I am unemployed every morning idea. I love that. Um, I think that is a is a it's it's. Not not to depress somebody, not to make somebody feel, no. uh, but to, to create a, a bit of urgency, a bit of like, what am I going to do today? Where am I right. going to go? Who am I going to talk to? Right. And um, you have to create. You, know, you have to create your own interview, right? Create your own job interview every day. Again, and also, are you going to get up and you know brush your hair if you're going to go out and interview? Yes. Then don't walk out of your house without doing that. So yeah. you know, just always be ready to sell yourself because. Everyone out there is interested in real estate. Everybody. I don't care who it is, whether it's they're making money or they want to be an investor, they want to ask you questions. So be ready and look your best. Love it. Well, for everything Susan, please follow her on Instagram, Susan Santoro underscore realtor at Instagram. She also uh, has a website at William Pitt Sotheby's International Realty. We'll post a link to that because uh, Susan is just outside of New York City. Um, she has a lot of people that are uh, you know, uh, moving in, moving out. Uh, she works, you know, with with uh, universities there. So, if anyone out there has uh, clients that may be moving in or out and wants to network Susan with you, what's the best way they should reach out to you? Uh, they can reach out to me either on social media. You said the you know the Instagram. Also, the Susan Santoro team is on both Instagram and Facebook. My Email susansantoro11 
at Gmail. 11 is my lucky number. So SusanSantoro11 at gmail.com. Um, my phone number is all out there. They can Google me and they're going to find out everything about me. Um, but yeah, I do a lot of a huge referral network and I'm always looking for agents in different areas and I love keeping in touch with them. And um, eventually, I mean, I've I probably have eight or nine referral checks that will be coming in soon of referrals I've given in all different states. And again, it comes from, I was talking to a physician that I went to on an appointment and he mentioned to me that his mother is going to be putting her condo up for sale in Florida. Really? Okay. On the East Coast. Oh, great. Where? And we just start talking. Again, it was just conversation. I said, oh, I have a great realtor there. Oh, I didn't necessarily have a great realtor in his mother's town, but I have enough of a network that I can go to and say, who's the best in that town? And then I called that doctor that night. On, he gave me his personal cell phone number, called him that night, gave him this, this person. Already I spoke to that agent. I have a check coming in now. So, you know, use every opportunity out there to talk about real estate. So I think I've probably given away all of my secrets now, but, um, but again, I love to teach. And um, I'm happy for anyone to reach out to me with any questions. Well, Susan, you have been super generous to us on the show. We uh, thank we you. thank you on behalf of the audience. Thank you for your time today, and um, you know, uh, and good luck at your uh, your your uh, forty five minute each way uh, plus Absolutely. hour and hour. Uh, you know, meet with with your your clients there, and. Um, just on behalf of everyone, thank you. And on behalf of Susan and myself, we want to thank the audience for making it to the end of the episode. We just ask that everybody do two quick things. One, tell a friend. Think of one other realtor that is struggling right now that is, could use a little boost, maybe a few fresh ideas to help them finish this year strong. Send them a link to this episode. We would appreciate it. And also leave us a review. Tell us what you think of the show. Let us know what you like and what we could do to improve. This show is for you and we want to continue make it better. So tell us what to do. Um, everyone go follow Susan on Instagram, Susan Santoro underscore realtor link to that in the show notes, as well as her website. Susan is a class act and is just an amazing, amazing realtor. Please reach out to her, learn from her. And, uh, hopefully everybody can, you know, start to have more success in the way that Susan does, which is a lot about being professional knowing your your data and staying in touch and caring about people it, it's right. it's really uh it's it's just a lot of hard work is what it is it's it's a lot of hard work you know the little thing on my desk that you know the old chinese proverb you know fall down seven times but stand up eight keep yeah. going don't give up it's a great career just you, it's a lot of work it reminds me of that uh, old Zen saying, which is, says, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Absolutely. <laughs> like, just Don't keep going. doing it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll see everybody. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Susan. We will see everybody on the next episode. Thanks, Susan.